Amen. Just want to say good morning to everyone. Hopefully online's working right now. Um, we're just going to do things a little different this morning. We're just glad everyone's here who, who is here and 
Amen. All those watching online this morning. We, we're going to uh, live stream our announcements and offering this morning since uh, the uh, times have changed. We also, I want to say we're going to try and live stream our worship, which will be on video. Uh, we don't own the rights to these things, so hopefully they won't block it. Uh, we're going to try this for live streaming uh, online. So if they do block it, I'm sorry. Hopefully we'll get it right back online after that. So, uh, But just a couple of announcements this morning. Uh, we just want to remind everyone to please share uh, this uh, video online so those people that are out there uh, could see and have hope in this time. Uh, I just want to say that it was a decision, not a hard decision to have service. It was harder to not have service this morning. I, I want to put it that way. I believe the church should be here for the community in the time uh, when they're going through crisis. We're all going through crisis, but we are to be a light unto the world. And we want to, uh, again, uh, let you know what we're doing. So that's why we're having the announcements this morning. All our non-essential events have been canceled for this month. The uh, women's meeting, the bowling tournament, things like that. We are, uh, at this point, as long as the state allows us to, or having our uh, Sunday morning services, we cannot have more than 50 people in the building at this time on this Sunday morning. Last week we were able to have 250. Uh, this week it's down to 50. If it goes down to 10 next week, we, we don't know how that'll work. But I do plan on at least, at least live streaming as long as they don't quarantine us to our home uh, every Sunday morning. So that's, that's where we're at with that. So I uh, just want to give a couple more announcements that this Tuesday, War Room will be doing a drive-in service in the parking lot of Christian Fellowship Church starting at, at 6.30 in the evening where it's still light before it gets dark. So 6.30 this Tuesday evening in Christian Fellowship parking lot. Uh, you'll pull up in your cars, face toward Children's Church, and uh, I guess we'll have people directing how to park. And they're going to have a worship team there, some worship, and uh, Brother Jerry's going to be giving a message. Then again, it is you're going to have to remain in your car. You can't get out and those things. So uh, give you another option of uh, coming to worship the Lord. Amen. So uh, this Wednesday night is our water baptism service. So those of you who want to be water baptized, giving your heart to the Lord, we will still have the water baptism service, but that's all we're doing that night, okay? There'll be no uh, youth and children's classes or nurses, just those that want to be water baptized. Maybe we'll have some people giving their heart to the Lord on Tuesday night, and we'll be baptizing them on Wednesday also. So uh, just want to encourage people for that. Uh, also, just a quick reminder, uh, want to wish everyone a happy birthday and a happy anniversary. Uh, if you're having a birthday and anniversary this week, sorry we can't be there to, uh, to tell you hello in person, but happy birthday to you on those things. Uh, as we get ready to receive our tithing offerings, if Brother Mark, you'd want to come up here uh, this morning, and what we're going to do is uh, we don't usually film this part of service and anything, but uh, we want to do it today because many people are at home to let you know that throughout this time that we're going through right now, that you can still bring your tithes and offerings at the office Monday through Wednesday from uh, one, uh, 9 to 3, or you can mail it to the, through the post office on the website. Um, we have the mailing address and on Facebook, 
or you can give online at these times. How many of you know that just because we shut down here, the bills don't shut down? Amen, and different things. And, that, and we're not shut down here. We're going to do as long as and as far. We're not breaking any laws. We're going to uh, submit to the law of the land at this time and do those things. But we want to keep having services as we can. So if we would, I'm going to read from the uh, uh, Amplified Version uh, this week for our offering. It says, Give and, and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. They will pour into uh, uh, the pouch uh, formed by the bosom of your robe and used as a bag for with the measure you deal out, with the measure you will use when you confer benefits on others, it will be measured back to you. This is the amplified version, so it has little uh, phrases in there. It makes it hard to just read normally. So uh, next verse is... Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8, it says, Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and, not, and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above all other things, and is unwilling to uh, abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, joyous giver whose heart is in his giving. Amen. So take your offering. Oh, we got more, another scripture. I'm sorry. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So those of you at home, if you have your tie there, you can put your hand on it and just pray things. Those of you in here, lift up your hands and just repeat after me today. Say, as I give in today's offering, I believe that God desires to give me seed to sow and multiply my harvest. I believe that in God, all things are possible. And any time, in any environment, by faith, I receive today all that God desires to release in and through my hands to extend his kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So as he's passing there, we're going to have our uh, call to worship. So our call to worship for the month of March is uh, in Hebrews thirteen fifteen. It says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And I want to stop there for a second. It says to continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. And through the turmoil we're going through right now, it, this is the thing. Sometimes you may not feel like it. You may be feel overwhelmed by what's going on in this world. But this is what he's telling you, that you offer the sacrifice of praise praise. David said, oh my soul, why so downcast? We need to offer up that uh, praise to God this morning. So I want to encourage you, those of you watching online, those of you here today, we may not have a worship team up here this morning, but that does not hinder us from worshiping our God. So we want to uh, worship God here in a couple of minutes. He says, the fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. Psalms 47, 1 and 2 says, clap your hands, all you nations, Shout to God with cries of joy, for the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. 
So what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a couple of worship songs and we'll ask everyone just to stand to their feet that are here and we're going to worship the Lord Then I'm going to come share a brief message. Uh, well, I'm saying brief. That never happens. Uh, message and we're going to end the service with about five, ten minutes of prayer that we're going to be praying over our nation. Amen. So, Father, we just come to you right now and we turn this service over to you right now, Father. We ask that you have your way in this place, Father God. We thank you for that we still have a place to gather and worship you, Father God, in this time of crisis, Father. I just pray right now that a spirit of peace be upon each and every person watching online, each and every person in here, Father. Father, we know that you protect your children, Father God, and we know, Father God, that we, we are in your care. You are our shepherd. You watch over each and every one of us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's get ready to worship the Lord this morning. Somebody needs to declare these words this morning in this room. 
I'll teach it to you like this. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Come on, you lift your voice. Say, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Yeah. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it. Good. You turn it for good. Oh, you take, you take what the enemy meant for evil. Oh, you turn it for good. Yeah, you take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you 
turn it for good You turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good Oh, you sing it to him, oh yeah You take And you turn it for good
I took back what he stole from me. Come on, maybe this morning you're in this room. Something's been taken from your life today. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, from this stage right now, that you have the choice in this service, before we move on, to stand up and fight right now. See, we're not fighting for victory, but we're fighting from victory this morning in this room. And so stand up, church, right now, and let's declare this. I'm going to see a victory. Declare it over your life. See a victory. Come on. I'm going to see a for the battle. Whoa.
Thank you, Lord. Amen. You could be seated for a few minutes. Brother Darren, if you'd turn on the lights for me. All right, Susanna, if you don't mind turning off those other lights. Yeah, you can put them all on, Brother Darren. Thank you very much. You know, it's, we're worshiping, and I couldn't have picked for me two better songs to worship with today. Because I believe that we will ultimately have the victory. Because God is for us. We'll have victory uh, with him. And the second song we worship to is the waiting. Right now we're in the waiting. We're wanting the final answer. But God's telling us take comfort in the waiting till that answer comes. And the problem with the waiting is it's really the test. The waiting is the test. If God's saying, are you truly the person I've called you to be? Are you truly, when, when Peter said, God, I'd never deny you. I'll never, Jesus, I'll never deny you. But when the test came, right? Not, and not only Peter, where did all his disciples go? Jesus says it's written, you will all scatter. And that's where we find ourselves uh, is in we want to be here representing God because that's what we are here for. That's why we're left on this earth. As many people that don't know the Lord are going through the same thing you're doing, we are called to be a light unto them, to draw them to our Heavenly Father. And what has happened, let me, let me start by saying this. We're going to begin in prayer, and then we're going to start. Let's pray. Father, I just come to you right now. Father, I turn this entire service back over to you, Father God, and I pray as we get ready to study your word, Father God, that you would be here with us, Father God, that every word that is spoken here would be from the throne room of heaven, Father God, that you, we reject any uh, trap or snare that the enemy would try and place on this uh, service, Father God. We pray for the internet to work uh, uh, find that there be no trouble for the God that your people could hear this message this morning we thank you for that right now we pray that you touch our minds that we could comprehend your word for the God give us eyes of the spirit that we could see your truths this morning give us ears of the spirit that we can hear your truth this morning and touch our hearts that we could receive your word this morning in Jesus's name we pray and everyone says amen what I want to share with you uh, this morning is in that waiting there is if, if Nathaniel put up the, this graphic up there is faith and fear what is going to overcome you in this time of waiting faith or fear and if you notice faith and fear both demand you believe something you cannot see when you're not sure of how it will turn out. Faith is saying that you believe and you trust God. Fear makes you, fear makes you believe that the worst will happen. But faith makes me believe that what, my hope is in Him and this is going to all go and, and pass. And so faith and fear are demanding that you believe in it. But guess what? You can't believe in both. Now, you can have concern, and we should have concern. Being concerned in a situation is not 
fear of the situation. We, we, again, we want to make sure that everything, uh, we're washing our hands, we want to abide by all the rules and things of this. We, we don't want to be ignorant of it or, or do any things, but we also have to realize we can't walk in faith, in fear. We have to walk in faith. And that's why we're trusting that the blood of Jesus covers us all. He protects us all. And listen, plagues and pandemics are nothing new. They're all throughout the Bible. They've been all throughout history. What's new about it is it's new to this generation. But it's always been. And God's people have always been made it through. And so what I want to talk about this morning for a few minutes is do you realize coronavirus? Do you know what corona means? Corona is Latin for crown. And I truly believe we're in a spiritual battle for this nation. I, and the more I, more I think about it and think about things in the past that God has revealed and said to us, I see it even more. Uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, in, in one of the prayer meetings, God had spoke to me that there was going to be a shaking before the awakening. A shaking before the awakening. And how many of you know that before, that as long as you're comfortable, you sleep at night. But when, when, when you become uncomfortable, it begins to wake you up. And I think America in a whole has become too comfortable with everything going on, and God's bringing an awakening, but the only way He could bring an awakening is it has to be shaken. I believe we're in a spiritual battle, and now that I look at it, back three years ago, God had impressed on my heart to do a prayer meeting the first uh, Wednesday of every month, and then at the beginning of this year, it was that we needed to do it every Wednesday. And I believe God was then already preparing us for this battle that we're facing. Now think about this. The coronavirus crowned the prince of darkness is bringing death. What did your enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. To bring fear. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. And he says, my peace I give you. So in the middle, I believe we're in a spiritual battle right now. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. That we've, we've surrendered and gave so much to the enemy. We, 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 we've taken prayer out of school not to offend people. We, we've taken, they want to take the Ten Commandments out, out of uh, courtrooms. We've surrendered the United States, not the church has surrendered so much to the dark side that we've given them too much. And I believe that God is bringing an awakening. And I, Jesus is the Lord of Lords. But it's amazing that that word corona, the crown. See, Jesus is the, wears the crown in my life, in my thing. He's the Lord of Lords. And I think there is a spiritual battle going on. And how do we fight spiritual battles in the natural no, through prayer, which he has been calling us for for the last three years that we've been doing. And then, you know, all this is slowly coming to memory of what he's been doing. This is what I want you to understand. This coronavirus did not catch God by surprise. He knew about it. 
Okay, and he, he, all that we're going to go through, I have to know that God still loves me and he's going to protect me. And as we go through this, so I want to read a couple of verses of scripture this morning. And before I do that, let me just say this. For your sanity, please turn off the news every once in a while. I don't care which station you're watching. Turn off the news. Because what consumes your thoughts will control your life. And the enemy comes in to bring fear. And that's what he's trying to do. You know, uh, the Bible talks about uh, how the uh, enemy is like a roaring lion. How, what does a roaring lion do? He roars and it brings fear into whatever he's going after. And that fear causes to, uh, that animal, that deer, whatever it is, to be paralyzed in fear for a few seconds. And can I say, I think when the coronavirus roared its ugly head, that the church froze in fear for a while. That, that split second, but I want us to come awake and realize that we don't have to fear him. We have, we, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that we will defeat this thing through prayer. I believe it's a spiritual battle for our country. So turn off your TV. Open God's word. Stay up to date. But don't keep that garbage going through your head for 24 hours a day. Because you're going to get what consumes your thoughts, controls your life. And can I say this? And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying, even with me and my wife. Is it any... I don't know how to say this. Somehow the enemy has put the fear into God's people about coming to the house of God. But yet we're still going to go to Walmart to get a bread. I'm still going to go to the dollar store to get a bread. If that, let me tell you something. There's more hands that touch that bread that you're going to get in that store. You got more chance of getting coronavirus, go and get that bread instead of coming here to receive the living bread. You hear me? Somehow the enemy has scared God's people with that roar. That, oh, I can't go to the house of God. I, they're more scared about catching coronavirus in the house of God than they are at Walmart, than they are at, at the stores. There's truth to that. But the enemy has blinded us. That roar, and this is what I'm saying, that, that second, that roar went out, now we need to say, oh, hold on now. I got to gather my thoughts back. I got to get back to where we need to be. God is in control. You don't scare me, oh devil, with that roar. And, and the reason I'm saying this is, even we come in the church today, my wife is nervous, uh, uh, but on the way going home, and this is what we're saying, as we were coming here, she says, oh, I need to stop at the dollar store on the way going home. And it's like, you see how we don't have fear there, but we have fear here. You see how that's a, the enemy attacking? What, 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 what always happens when tragedy and, and things come, 
a lot of times it spreads people from God. When Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? They needed God even more, but what happened? They ran and hid from Him. When Jesus was captured, He needed His people. And what happens? The flock scattered when trouble comes. Somehow, the enemy, when trouble comes, causes God's people to scatter. Is that roar that paralyzes them in fear. And our Bible, many, many, many places tells us, fear not. So, again, at the end of this service, we're going to have a few minutes of prayer because I think uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this, And my people, my God-defined people, this is the message paraphrase. And what's that next word? Respond. I think it's crucial how we as believers respond to this situation, to what we're going through. He says, my people, the the church's first response, and I'm not talking Christian fellowship, I'm talking about globally a lot, responded in fear. Everybody's locking their doors. Everybody's not having services. But I think this is the time that we need to be a light for the world. How will we respond in this time? And this is, uh, again, I will not cancel prayer meetings on Wednesday night. We are gonna, as long as I'm not quarantined in my home by law, I will be here for prayer on Wednesday night because I believe this is how, we, how we, we're overcoming. I believe this is a spiritual battle. Respond by humbling yourself. And what's that next word? Praying and seeking my presence. And that's what we're here to do today. That's why I said we're going to have a time of prayer at the end that we're going to walk around and be praying over this situation. We're here to seek His presence, to seek His face, to, to pray. And he, says, and he says, turning your backs on their wicked ways, I will be there ready for you. He says, I will listen from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore their land to health. See, I think that's where the church as a whole needs to be repenting and God's waking up and shaking up this world I wasn't sure if I was going to say this but I feel I have to if you notice the biggest places that are being shaken right now New York City the state of California you know those are the biggest pro-abortion places New Orleans, who just went through Mardi Gras, celebrating every sin there is in Mardi Gras, is being hit the hardest. I'm just saying. Maybe God's doing a shaking in people's lives. That they need to realize, listen, I, I've, and even here, I've never thought a day would come that I would possibly have to be turning people away at the door because you're only allowed 50 people you see we, we this generation hasn't been through any of this and we think it's just going to always be the way it is 
Sad to say, if God's people don't humble themselves and pray, very easily this world could flip over. It's two weeks ago that this really had started. Uh, Two weeks ago on Wednesday night, we were leaving from prayer and uh, hearing hearing on the radio the first NBA player had been uh, tested positive. They canceled the NBA season. Then last weekend was 250, no gatherings. Monday they went down to 50. They're thinking about going to 10. And you start hearing these things. And this is why I called this message. And, and this series that I'm going to be doing is going to all fall under this topic. It's as the world turns. Right? Because it seems, sometimes it just doesn't seem real. You know, it seems like uh, we're in the middle of a Stephen King novel or something. You know, as the the plague hit the land, the stores emptied the shelves, and everything's going on. It's not making sense. And that's why people begin to panic. It's as the world turns, because we've never experienced this before. But look what in Matthew 5, 13 and 16 says. Jesus says this to us. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness. In other words, he's saying you are the salt of the earth. I've placed you here to be a witness and uh, for me that you're there to uh, show the lost world how to respond in crisis. But he says if you lose your saltiness, what good is it there? What good is it telling people that, that if they see us panicked and in more fear than lost people, well, what, what it, your God can't do anything? You see, if they could see us walking and living in peace, in the midst of the storm, in the waiting, that we're not walking by fear, that we're walking by faith, you know what? They may say, I want some of that. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't want to feel the way I do. I don't want to live in panic. I don't want to live in fear. I want to walk in the peace that you're walking in. Jesus says, how can it be made salty again? In other words, he says, it is no longer good for anything except it be thrown out and trampled on the foot. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light on a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand where everyone's uh, uh, on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that, you may, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's where I feel we're at right now. Is this, in this turmoil, the world is looking to God, and I'd hate for them to say, "I'm looking to God," and walk in and see you oh, close, close, close. We're not; He's not there for you. We are meant to be the light, the hope, to draw people from the darkness to the light. That's where we're at, and that's why I'm saying, uh, as long as I, we can, I'll be live streaming every Sunday morning because I want to be a beacon of light. To this lost world. That's why we're doing a parking lot outreach. That if it, 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 it was going on, we want people to be able to come and worship God. And I know you could worship God from home. I, I'm not saying you can't. 
Amen. But I want you to understand that through this word, I want to show you in Luke chapter 8, if you would open your Bibles, verses 20 through to 25. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't worry, that's not Corona. If it's Corona, I've been having it for over 25 years right now. So, <laughs> uh, when God was dealing with me with this message this morning, uh, through the last few mornings, These, this scripture came up. And I want you to understand what's going on. Jesus is at one place doing miracles, but he tells his disciples, it's time to go. And, and hopefully you, you could get this, and hopefully I'll, I'll say it good enough so you could understand. But I want you to know that when God wants to take his church from one place to another, you leave the one place and you go to another place he wants you to be, a lot of time there's turmoil in the middle. There's the test. There's a, it's from the Israelites going from being slaves in Egypt to the promised land. We would love to just go straight from Egypt into the promised land with no desert time. But the desert time, which and this is kind of what I'll talk about more or less next week, is the time of testing, is the time of waiting. And the Israelites spent more time in the time of waiting because they did not trust God. They lived in fear, even to the point that they wanted to go back and be a slave because it's what they knew and they were comfortable. They didn't have to trust God as much as that because they knew Egypt would feed them. They knew Egypt would take care of them. But trusting God, and that's what I want you to understand, that when fear comes in, we end up saying, can God, instead of God can. And right now, a lot of people are, are freaking out and saying, can God, can God, when they're really not saying God can. God can do all things. And, and that's what we'll, we'll talk about next week on this. But notice what happens here. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go uh, over to the other side of the lake. Now, this, this is the Sea of Galilee, and he says, we're going to go to the other side. Do you think Jesus didn't know why he was going to the other side? I don't think he works that way. I think he knew exactly where he was going and exactly what was going to happen. I think he knew there was a storm that was going to come in the middle, crossing. And he knew that on the other side, when he gets to the other side, what he finds, and, and this is what I, where, where I'm tying into our spiritual battle right now, is there's a demon-possessed man that is possessed with a legion of, of evil spirits. And he's leaving here to go set him free. And in the middle of it, they face a storm in life. And, and this is what I want you to understand. We're in the storm right now, but I believe Jesus is coming to break chains off of this country, off of this nation. Well, we've been praying for over three years that spiritual revival would break out on this nation. And what is it? It's from people that have fallen asleep, fallen away from God, that God's saying, I need to wake you back up. And I believe that he's coming to set this country free to bring revival in this land and, and, and drive out demonic forces. But notice what it says here. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the, side of the lake. So they got in the boat and set out. As they sailed, what did Jesus do? 
fell asleep. I believe Jesus knew a storm was coming. I don't believe God and Jesus done anything just out of to do it. I believe everything's planned, every, every single thing. And how many of you know if you're worried, you don't fall asleep? When you're worried, you're fearful, you're scared, you don't fall asleep. Jesus knew he was in perfect peace and he knew everything was going to work. And he was able, even though he knows the storm's coming, is to go downstairs and snore away. Reality is this was the test for his disciples. If his disciples really were what they said they were. You remember a few weeks ago I had done a teaching on uh, facing giants, overcoming giants. I know it had giants in I forgot the title. But it's when David faced Goliath. You remember that the nation of Israel would go out every morning and they would give their battle cry. The warriors would give their battle cry. But when they would give the battle cry, Goliath wasn't out. See, it's easy to give the battle cry and to shout the hallelujahs when you're not facing the giant. But it says as soon as Goliath came out and they seen him, they left their battle cry stations and ran and hid behind the rocks. When they heard his roar, they got scared and, moved and ran behind the rocks. And so this is where we, got, we understand there's the testing. What you proclaim, or you, you really mean it. And, and I'm not going into that. Hold on. <laughs> Let's keep going. He said, so he got in the boat. As they sailed, he fell asleep. And a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. Means overcome. It was more than they could handle. And how many of you know that what we're going through right now seems more than we could handle? We need his help. We need, it's chaotic right now. We don't know what's going on. And it says that, and they were in great danger. These are his disciples. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Master, Master. Look what they were believing. We're going to drown. Remember I said, faith and fear are both demanding you believe something that you don't know how it was going to turn out? What were they believing? What were his followers believing? He was in their midst in the storm. But yet they were believing they were going to drown. You see, they gave in to their fear instead of their faith. And, and, and as this goes on, we're going to see it, how they had kind of a great awakening. It says this, uh, the disciples went and woke him up saying, Master, we're going to drown. And this is another thing I want to say is that's why we're praying. They went to the master with the problem. You know, if they would have just said, let's keep on, get some more bilge pumps, which they didn't have back then, but get some more buckets, let's keep on, we need to do this. No, they knew that it was beyond them. And the only one that possibly could solve the problem was Jesus. So we go to the Lord with our needs. And he says this, the disciples woke him up saying, Master, we're going to draw. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Now, this is what I want you to understand. I believe 
if they had never went to him, the storm would have stayed as long as they were trying to fight it themselves. I think the key turning point in this story that happened to his disciples is when they all went to him and said, this is bigger than us. We're swamped. We need your help. So I believe that's what a ch the church in general and whole needs to do is continually pray to God that He takes us through this situation uh, as we get through. Then it says this, Jesus asked them, where is your faith? Why would He ask them that? Because they said, we're going to drown. They were believing the lie of the fear in their life. They're believing that it's beyond God's control. They're believing that, he, God, that Jesus could not help them even though they went to Him. But their thought was fear was controlling their life at that time. But look what happens as soon as they turn to Him. Peace came over. Calm came over. And again, it says this, in, uh, in fear and amazement, I, I like the way it says that, in fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Can I tell you, they slowly became a revelation to them who they were really serving. Because before that, they didn't even think he, that was possible. That they were amazed at what he could do. You see, God can and God will. It's not if God can. He can and he will. John 16, says this. I have told you these things so that this is Jesus speaking, in me, you may have peace. Right? When did peace come in the boat? When they called on the Lord. Jesus says, peace in him. When you turn off Fox, when you turn off CNN and open the Bible, Start finding where it says fear not. Start finding where it says peace. And let that start running through your head. Then you'll be able to walk in peace. But as long as you're feeding yourself the fear that they're pumping out, you'll live in fear. Jesus says, in this world... You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I want to just hit on a couple more things this morning. Psalms 23.1, another good thing you could read. I'm just going to focus on a couple of verses. But there are many blessings talked about in, in the 23rd Psalm. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The shepherd takes care of his sheep. You hear me? The shepherd 
takes care of his sheep. The shepherd's job is to protect his sheep from harm. And that's why we plead the blood of Jesus over everyone. And then when you wake up in the morning, plead the blood of Jesus over yourself for protection that the enemy will not come. The Lord is my shepherd. It is his responsibility to protect me from this world. Then it goes on to say a few other things, like the, the second verse is, it makes me lie down in green pastures, where it means provision and things for that. But I want to get down to verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, King James says, the shadow of death. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For the Lord, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, so even in this darkest valley that we're going through, God's protection is there. He is with me. He is going to protect me. So I want to close with these next few scriptures here is I want you to hold on to the truth. Let him be the anchor that holds you in the midst of the storm. There are so many rumors on Facebook and social media that are not accurate. Turn on your local stations, channel, uh, uh, you know, four or five or whatever they are, Get your update with that, but then stay off. I think social media is doing more harm than good right now. Is that they're spreading panic. They're spreading all this thing. Don't worry. The Lord is your shepherd. And you're, what you're going to have to do is realize I, I'm concerned and I'm going to get from the official news site. Not that so-and-so's brother knows a cousin from the... Uh, a Coast Guard that knows somebody in the Army, that knows somebody in this, and they got it straight from the White House. You know, so many things. Was it Saturday night or Friday night? We got a text that, that, that they were sure everybody's going to be in a uh, two week quarantine. And thank God, the very next morning, the Sheriff's Office and Homeland Security said it was a lie. What happened was some governors and mayors have asked the president to put National Guard in their community to help them set up hospital things to help them distribute food. And people took that as they're declaring martial law, everybody's going to be taken over. And that's not what it is. People panic and rumors. Okay, again, that old thing we used to do as kids, like I'll, I'll tell one person, that person tells the next, and by gets down to 10 people, it's totally different than what it originally was. And so believe the truth, okay? We need to believe the truth. Notice where we're getting our, our things. Uh, John 14, uh, 5 and 6 says this. Anybody remember this guy named Thomas? You remember what we, what do we call him? Old doubting Thomas. Thomas lived by fear. He needed to actually see it to believe. And that's where we have to realize that that's not living by faith. 
Faith is being sure of, according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, being sure of what we do not see. That is faith. You don't, if it's already there, you don't need faith. Right? If the answer's already here, I'm not walking by faith. I already got the answer. The Bible tells us we live by faith. And old Doubting Thomas said, Lord, we don't understand where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered him, I am the way. And I always say this, notice that it says the way and not a way. If it had a way, it means there are other ways. That this is one, but Jesus says I am the way, this is the only way. He says I am the way and I am the truth. The truth of everything is in the word of God. Fear not. Walk in peace. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse four, uh, Proverbs fourteen fifteen says this. A simple man believes anything. Any rumor, anything. And they run with it. And what happens is fear takes over. He says, but the prudent man gives thought to his steps. Again, I want to emphasize, if you listen to the wrong thing long enough, you will begin to believe. If Eve would have only told Satan, shut it. I don't want to, even, I don't want to entertain your lie in my head. I don't want to entertain anything you have to say because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. But if you listen to it long enough, You'll reject the word of God and believe the lie. And if I listen to the news long enough, I start believing their doom and gloom and that my God can't help. That I can't live in peace, I can't walk in peace. Because they just keep, they just keep feeding you. That's what's playing in the loop of your head. You need the word of God to go play through the loop of your head. Let that control your life. So I want you to understand, God sees and he cares about everything we're going through. You hear me? God sees and cares about everything everyone's going through. Uh, I want you to understand, this did not get, catch God by surprise. God's not in heaven right now trying to scramble and come up with a plan. Can I tell you, he already has a plan. Can I say my second statement here, is that realize that God's plan is always better than our plan. I know how I want this to end. I want it to go away right now. But I don't know how God's using this. For God uses all things to work out. For the good. What if millions of people come to salvation because of this? What if great revival breaks out in America because of this? God's plan is always better than our plan. When Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, there's not one of his disciples that wanted him to go. Right? 
Think about it. Not one of his disciples wanted him to go. But how many of you know, I'm glad God followed God's plan and didn't listen to the disciples? Next thing is, just because this is going on does not mean that God stopped loving us. And a lot of people say, well, if God's so loving, how can this be going on? That has nothing to do with God's love. There's nothing you could do that God would stop loving us. Nothing. So give your heart to him. And I want you to understand the last, as I close, get ready to close, that God can do whatever we ask him to do. The key is that we ask. Notice what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could do what? Ask or imagine. But can I share with you? He's telling you for, it, for, for him to do it, you have to ask. Whatever we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Next verse says, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout. I want you to understand this. All generations forever and ever. So it's telling us that he can do all things. More than we can ask or imagine through all generations forever and ever. Meaning when we ask him now, he still can. Amen. So let's stand to our feet as we just get ready to go into a time of prayer. But I do want to say, if anyone's watching online, if you've never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, that you do that this morning. That we simply realize that we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And this gift, the Bible says salvation is a gift of God. You don't earn it. What do you do with a gift? Do you pay for it? If somebody gives you a gift, you're not paying for it. It's given. It costs you nothing. All you have to do is receive it. And God has the gift of salvation for each and every one of us. So I just ask right now, everyone, just to bow your head, close your eyes, and say this simple prayer and receive the gift of salvation. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I admit that I fall short in many areas of my life. But I believe that you love me so much that you sent your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe he was raised from the dead and is seated at your right hand side. I accept the gift of salvation right now that from this day forward, I am a child of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What we're going to do right now, um, Brother Aaron, you could probably uh, stop recording, but we'll keep it on live. We're going to put this scripture back up. Now to him who is able to 
do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. We're going to dim the lights and we're going to say for the next five minutes, if you want to stay in your seat or just walk around and begin praying for this nation. Begin praying that God would bring and his work would be, thy will be done in this nation. Amen. So if that, right there, and if we dim the lights back off and you could start that CD, it's just going to be uh, an instrumental of music there. So as we just get ready to pray quietly, I'll close with this prayer for those of you online. I ask just pray in your homes right now. But Father, we just come to you today as we leave, get ready to uh, leave this place in a few minutes. I'll lift up all those being affected by this coronavirus, Father God. Those that are sick right now, we just speak healing to their bodies, Father God. Father, those that are uh, out of work or laid off and been affected by some uh, way or another, we lift them up to you, Father. We know that you are our provider and caregiver, Father God. So I just pray for great peace to come across this nation, Father God. I pray for your church, Father God, across this nation, that we could be the light unto the world, Father. And I just pray that every heart would be open to receive you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. Let's pray. Amen for the next couple of minutes.
our uh, officials, our, our police force, all those in the medical field right now, Father God. I pray and plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of them that they be protected in this time, Father God. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Don't forget, when, uh, Tuesday night, 6.30, not drive-by, drive-in, drive-in, <laughs> drive-in church service in the parking lot.